Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, gang, quick question for you. Have you started playing daily fantasy yet? And if not, why not? Because if, like me, you are already given up on the fantasy team that you drafted at the start of the season because it's doing so badly, then check out our brand new Daily Fantasy Listener League, courtesy of DraftKings, because it could be the game for you. It's all very simple. You pick a brand new team every week based uh, on a salary cap. You enter that team into one or more of our show contests and you try and win all kinds of prizes. We've got merchandise, tickets and good old fashioned cash to give away. And more importantly than all of that, you can embarrass me, Propo, the Guru Sandrini, and lots more of your show faves by showing us that you know a lot more than we do. So click the link in our show notes or hit us up on social media for a link. And that way you can join the show league. It's free to enter. And as well as the pay to play contests, there are going to be free to enter competitions all through the season. You have to be 18 plus, of course. And remember, gambleaware.org. I'm interested how the guru spends trade deadline week. It's a good question. It's really a blur. And uh, I've had to call on a few friends just to tell me exactly what I was like during that period. Uh, <laughs> obviously, what I do is set up a series of screens and telephones and various other telecommunication devices. I think it's actually the last fax machine in existence. It's nice. still in, my, in, in the war oh, room. Nice. You have um, old school 90s telephones. With a- you ju- yeah, you just don't know when Jerry Jones is going to send you a fax. Do you have a special Jerry phone? Everyone has a special Jerry phone. <laughs> uh, the untappable phone. That's what you need. The Dan Snyder phone. <laughs> the Snyder phone. Oh, boy. Uh, it has been a whirlwind. That's one of my favorite overused phrases in sports media. Whirlwind week. Frenzied trade deadline. We're gonna- <laughs> now, we've got a special... Propo and Ben Isaacs, all pro Ben Isaacs, uh, that we dropped earlier this week, all about the trade deadline. But we're going to tap into that a little bit as well. But obviously, with the guru in the house, give some fantasy spin and uh, fantasy edge on uh, the, some of the deals that have been done and the implications uh, for those individual players and indeed the teams that they have either left or have landed within. We'll, of course, look ahead to week nine and our daily fantasy team in particular the guru is going to pick his show team once again i've pushed a team out this week uh, as well because uh, i am uh, trying to raise money as we all are for for charity this season propo has as well and ben isaacs too so we're going quite a uh, full house really with our with our different teams we might have a quick look at some of the other picks that we've made as well but it's all about the guru's week nine team uh, and in getting to that place of course we'll look back at some of the the things we learn, it's always important to sit, take some time to reflect on things we like. How do you feel your weekend, uh, week eight went, Guru? So I'm quite a meticulous note taker. Mm. You know, I prepare for the shows. I write what? notes during the games. <laughs> <laughs> I write notes during the games. I was writing notes yeah. on trade deadline day. Um, I have one note about my performance in week eight and it was bad. That's, that's, what, that's deep, what I wrote. I do, I, I do think it's worth throwing a caveat out there. Yeah, uh, and, and actually, before I do so, I promised my girlfriend that I'd mention that her team came twenty second. Ah, great work! So That's she a- she she did well. 
Yeah. She did well, but a lot, a lot I, I of probably of us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I probably shouldn't have restricted myself to just the AFC on a week when two of the best offenses in the Chargers and the Chiefs weren't playing, uh, mm-hmm. and then potentially that flu that uh, struck down ten players on the Raiders may not have helped. Probably didn't so, help. So didn't go well. Bad. Just bad. Y- yeah, uh, we the less said about it, the better. Much like my Drew Locks of the week. Although, hey, I'm off to a winning, uh, winning, winning start to the season in week eight with my Drew Locks. So uh, maybe you can turn the corner as I have done with those edge rush in the vault. By the way, go check that out. Me and Propo getting a set for the weekend. Also, I and Mike on Mondays, every Monday through the season. The big man doing his thing every week. Uh, so go check that out. And as I say, Propo and Ben with a trade deadline special. But let's get to it then. Let's start, as we always do, with FFS, with some injuries. And actually, I'm going to go a little bit a little bit left, left field here for this week's show, because you might remember, listeners, that last week we talked about the introduction of Sandrini's surgery, because as well as being a fantasy guru, living for 11 months of the year on an island uh, in the Maldives <laughs> with... Uh, statues of Buddha, incense, all kinds of very therapeutic sense, sense <laughs> rolling around. The guru is uh, a doctor with which he bought your degree online, I believe. Yeah, no one's going to believe that we're doing this so sober, but I think it's important to know at the stage <laughs> yeah, that we are. We are. We are. It is 10.36 on Friday morning. I don't, I don't operate drunk i just want to be clear for all of my patients that are out there. <laughs> okay i still think you bought that qualification anyway the surgery surgery got any fantasy questions whether you're playing redraft daily fantasy dynasty dynasty firemen and uh, he will cast his eyes over them so one of them that came in from phil king at the nc show is how you get in touch with us of course came in from phil relates to one of the key injuries right so we'll go to jonathan taylor first and phil's question jonathan taylor what is going on should i play him I don't think so this week. So he has a high ankle sprain. Those we know really sap players' explosion. That offense with Ellinger is working slowly uh, to be expected. You know, obviously trying to protect the rookie. We can't expect them to be a high-powered offense. So it takes away some of the goal line work that otherwise you might see if the if the team were more able to to work its way down the field. So I, I'd be worried. Um, obviously, they moved on Naheem Hines. So, you know, yeah. this is a Dion Jackson backfield with a bit of Zach Moss sprinkled in if Taylor doesn't play. But I think even if Taylor plays, I, I'm just not convinced they're going to get that much out of him. And, and uh, you know, we go talk about it every week, but the line isn't where you'd want it to be in Indy. Mm. Okay. So no, is, I think is the, uh, is the answer there, Phil. Not think, this look, week, I, anyway. You know, there aren't many teams out there that have the luxury of benching Jonathan Taylor. Mm. Right? I mean, you've got to have a pretty special group if you are bringing in your whatever RB3 to replace Taylor at the stage. But if you can avoid it, if you're in DFS, for example, he's not a play. Mm. Okay. Uh, Zeke Elliott, Cowboys said, could be back after the bye. Where does he land after the bye, given that he is, you know, obviously back from injury? So the first week back, who they got the first week back, Pack- the Packers? Is that right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's have a quick look at that. I think it's the pack. Um, anyway, okay. irrespective of the, of the opponent, Tony Pollard went off last week. If you had Pollard as a as in your team last week, didn't you? Was Pollard one of your bright sparks? I'm sure you. He he was in my non-show team that uh, won some yeah. money elsewhere on DraftKings, but not in the show team. Yeah, yeah. No, I saw. I remember. I remember a tweet from you at some point, bigging up Pollard. So clearly, he absolutely lit it up. Now we've known pretty much the duration of their tandem that they've split carries and there hasn't necessarily been despite all the dollar that Zeke has made necessarily a 
distinctive one-two punch in the same way we maybe see in Cleveland these days, right? But do you think what's happened in recent weeks is going to change that dynamic or, or can't it? Because the aforementioned Jerry Jones has, has paid Zeke too much for, to change it. Yeah, it was uh, quite telling that Zeke, that uh, sorry, Jerry Jones's first comments, presumably via fax, um, after Tony Pollard's <laughs> performance, yeah, yeah, was to say Zeke is our is our RB, and yeah, right. I think uh, you know if you're uh, if you don't know the NFL that well and you're thinking of like who is Tony Pollard, where does he come from, what does what does this, this guy think about Jermaine Defoe in the mid 2000s? So Jermaine mm-hmm. Defoe was a super sub for England and everyone was clamoring for him to start and then he started and it wasn't quite as successful. That's Tony Pollard. You don't want Pollard mm-hmm. getting 25 carries. That he's not built that way. He's an excellent change of pace back and he only the, the bizarre thing when you think about the fact that Zeke was out is that he only had 14 carries. So mm. they you know maybe that's game script dependent. They were obviously up big against Chicago, but mm. it, it, Pollard is not someone you want to get it, not someone that you want to be the bell cow. And that's where Zeke's going to come in. Zeke's going to be that between the tackles runner, albeit he doesn't have the burst that Pollard has shown this season. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in around the goal line. The biggest difference, I think, when we think about Zeke compared to years past, he had 65 targets last year. And that yeah. was pretty consistent throughout his his uh, career in the NFL. He's only had eight targets the entire year. Now, mm-hmm. part of that's Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush, right. Yeah, yeah, sure. But but still, the fact is, you know, we're halfway through the season and, and mm-hmm. he's going to get nowhere near that sum. So Pollard is a great flex play in redraft dynasty, you know, someone who's going to get touches every week. But I think weeks like last week, where obviously he just exploded, mm. are not going to necessarily become the norm, even if Zeke is out. Mm. Okay. On to receiver injury concerns. And we go to the Rams Bucks game because the Rams are banged up anyway. Their ground game, Cam Akers, improbably one of the only. Uh, players seemingly expected to be dealt, not dealt at the, at the trade deadline. Jerry Judy's the other, I guess. Although that seemed to cool a couple of days before the deadline hit, all those rumours. But uh, anyway, Cup, um, sorry, uh, Akers injured. The backfield uh, doesn't look great anyway. And now, worryingly, for the Rams, who I guess are in getting close to must-win territory. I mean, they are um, Three and four, aren't they? With because they've had the buy yeah. and uh, and the Bucks three and five. But if you look at the Bucks running, and we talked about this over on SBK Edge Rush Extra actually with with Tom Collins, the running for the Bucks is kind of favourable. If you look at they've got assuming they can get a win this weekend against the Rams, they've got a four and five. You look at their remaining eight games. There are five winnable games in there for sure. They've got, you know, the Falcons, I think the Panthers. Their division. Yeah, they yeah, have division, division games right. against against weaker opponents. Yeah. So a nine and eight sneaky wild card record isn't outside the realms of possibility or probability. The Rams, on the other hand, mm, things are looking messy. So firstly, Cooper Cup, what do you think will happen Sunday? Will he play? I think he plays. Uh, it, you know, it's an ankle. It, I, I don't, yeah, I mean, you, you probably saw the tape. You know, his ankle was sort of rolled over. Uh, mm. It didn't look great, but Bowl, you know, he he walked off the field. Bowl accounts, he's he's going to go. Mm. The issue is that this offense is broken. They've only scored thirty plus points once this season. They were shut mm. out in the second half of last week for the third time. That's this season. That is phenomenal to think about in a Sean McVay offense. A, a yeah. word on the backfield. You know, they don't. If Ronnie Rivers is your go-to guy who, you know, undrafted 5-7, there's a problem. They don't like Daryl Henderson for some reason. Cam Akers is probably going to work back from this rotation. Kyron Williams is coming off IR. He's a sneaky pickup. You How know, awkward is that conversation does. with Cam Akers going to be? I mean... Hey, Cam! I'd love... I'd love... You know, it's... um 
we don't know what's going on behind the scenes there. But obviously they're worried. I, you've got to assume that they're worried about his maturity. You know, there's something going on with him personally rather than him physically. Yeah. And and look, you know, this is starting to, we're not that far away from talking about lost season, but you know, the Rams still have talent, you know? So it, it, the issue for cup is he is the only weapon. If he doesn't play, this is a dumpster fire. Yeah. Yeah. And so the line's only three as well, which is interesting because it's in Tampa Bay, right? So that's essentially yep. a pick em, right? Because of the home field advantage play. So I am surprised at that. And uh, I, I I'm, su- like- I'm surprised too. Yeah. I mean, I love the Bucks this weekend. Yeah, I like the Bucks in that spot for sure. Uh, Propo has asked me to ask you about Jamar Chase because of course his mm. sky fell in when, uh, when Jamar Chase went down. When's his expected return, do you think? This is an odd one. So they haven't put him on IR which you would mm. assume they would do. You know, they're expecting him. The, the word coming out of camp initially was expect four to six weeks with the hip injury, but they're not putting him on IR. So there's obviously some possibility he returns early and he's obviously so essential to that offense that it's worth holding out if there's any opportunity for him to come back before, even in a you know mild decoy manner. Um, Higgins is a great number two. Is he a number one? We will see, you know, without Chase. Boyd gets the real uptick here. I think he's probably a great, he's a great DFS player. He's a good pickup along the way. So mm. it's a great chemistry between him and uh, Burrow recently. And Joe Mixon, they've been throwing the ball to, you know, regularly this season out of the backfield. So there, there's some uptick for the other players, but we, let's not underestimate how big a difference it is to an offense with or without Jamal. For sure. I mean, I think arguably, maybe the exception, well, of Carp, obviously, as we mentioned, but Diggs in Buffalo, maybe the biggest hole when out of any key talent goes biggest drop off is with the Bengals with no chase maybe Barkley with the Giants I mean yeah, it's, it's, sure. it's close there's a few but you know with these are the, this is mm. the, the issue in um, with the Bengals is not that they don't have talent you know they can put out a really good offense even without Jamal it's just that he's such a game changing talent because yeah. of his speed and because yeah. of his ability to break it to the house you know we've seen yeah. that so much and, and obviously what he's been able to do through the season is even if his stats haven't been extraordinary throughout he's taken so the much attention. coverage yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Tyreek in Miami I might, I might have been that on yeah. the list okay yeah. um, let's talk about some of the trades and the fantasy impact let's go there next um, and Irv Smith who is uh, of course uh, it's a long uh, standing rather it's uh, an injury that's going to keep him out for a long time uh, and of course that was crucial I guess in the Vikings making the move for TJ Hawkinson so he's going to see a lot of action straight away he'll go right in at number one on the depth chart would he anyway when Irv's back would Hawkinson higher profile player is he the de facto number one going forward I mean he's got to beat out Johnny Munt you know, hey, I think we, have, we have to start there. Johnny, so, Ma- Johnny's on Propos top ten favorite named tight end. So, did he get those ranks out this week? Still, I mean, he's not here today either. I mean, it's frankly, okay. and I got a lot of criticism on the the show on Wednesday with him and Ben because there was a may or may not have been close to getting traded um, to the New York Jets <laughs> at the deadline, <laughs> and. I couldn't make the show. And of course they spent the first five minutes of the show just piling into me. Frankly, unprofessional. And disrespectful. Guess, disrespectful. Mm. <laughs> guess what? Propo's not here today. I mean, it's I take that as a personal slight, frankly. He's always here for Shane Vereen, just to say. But I don't know, Guru, not here again today. But anyway, where where does TJ sit in this in this Vikings office? How does O'Connell like to use tight ends? We've seen throughout the season so far, Irv Smith be a very much a secondary option. You know, this offense runs through Jefferson and then it's a sprinkling of, you know, Thielen, Cook out of the backfield, 
uh, Smith around the goal line. The thing with Smith is that he's a really small tight end. He's only 6'2", he's under 240. That's, you know, even for a move tight end in, in the modern era, that's that's really not someone that defences have to pay too much attention to. T- Hawkinson's a much bigger player. And the big difference with Hawkinson is he can block. Smith, mm. Smith has never been able to, you know, he really hasn't been asked to due to his stature and, and his role, whereas Hawkinson's a great inline blocker. So what it does, is it creates more opportunities for the, this offence to scheme Hawkinson open in plays where otherwise you might be thinking they're going to run. So p- play action, we know O'Connell loves that <clears throat> from his days at the Rams. Uh, you know, Cousins is a great play action quarterback so I think it opens up a lot for them the issue is integrating into the offense and how long will it take and whatever Mm -hmm. else it might be that the receivers get a bit more play here early Mm -hmm. uh, while they bring Hawkinson along okay so a couple of others in terms of trades and fantasy implications specifically I love the Kadarius Tony move for a couple of reasons I think it's incredible value for the Chiefs getting a 21 first rounder for a third and a sixth. Clearly the reason it hasn't worked out is not because he's any kind of bust uh, at the pro level because it was just dysfunction central for whatever reason. Very little, a very limited risk, I think, for a, for a third and a sixth and a huge amount of upside landing, of course, in, in this particular offense. So that's my take on it. Where are you from... <laughs> A fantasy perspective is Tony, given the makeup of, of of this iteration of Andy Reid Mahomes offense, what's the fantasy upside for Tony as a chief? Yeah, Andy Reid is comfortable taking these kind of risks on enigmatic players. And, you know, we, we have to question Tony's temperament, I guess, you know, based on word out the camp over the last year and a half about how interested he is in playing football and how long he gets well, he's able to adhere to what the coaching staff are asking, but he's an incredible athlete. He creates separation. If he gets the slot role in this offense with Mahomes at quarterback, you know, mm. that has to be incredibly valuable. What I I wonder with Tony, he's obviously not injured. You know, that was just a storyline that the mm. Giants were, were telling on the way, as, as happens, right? You know, we've seen it. Um, let's assume he plays in this offense throughout the course of the remainder of the season. But I think this is probably a bigger issue next year mm. where, you know, he might be taking uh, the McCole Hardman role moving forward mm. and let's assume Sky Moore comes in they've got a number of players whose contract either on one year deals or contracts up at the end of the season so yeah. I, I do think there's some role here but I think it's more next season what about she's mentioned Sky Moore so what about Tony in in special teams and returning will we see him there potentially we could I, I mean Sky Moore didn't return in college and they've asked him to do the job so no reason mm. they shouldn't return and it's not worked well obviously <laughs> yeah. for Sky how's that, Moore how's that going Sky yeah. yeah so All it's right. possible and he's that kind of player we'll see okay two running backs Naeem Hines uh, you mentioned earlier I think uh, is he the answer to the to the Bills the only weak link really with the Bills is, is, as we talk about the inability to get a ground game going although Singletary has his moments and it's not exactly a huge concern, but nevertheless, they felt with the Moss for Hines switch that Hines is a better fit. They need to re-up that unit. So is Hines the answer to those issues? Great real life trade, terrible for fancy. You know, he's going to join a, a backfield committee with Singletree. You know, they'll probably mix in a bit of James Cook. Yes, Moss has gone the other way. So that clears yeah, yeah. a body. But in real life, you know, Hines is the best, if not the best, then one of the best satellite backs in the league. They have obviously been looking for this role since the JD McKissick uh, talks in the offseason. Then mm-hmm. they took Cook. Perhaps Cook hasn't come along in the way they want. Maybe they don't trust him after, you know, his his fumble issue early in the season. Mm-hmm. So I, I love I love this move for them. I think it, it really fills the gap and, and also what it does it gives you some redundancy let's say later in the season Allen 
picks up a hamstring tra- strain, you know, or can't be as mobile as he has been in, in years past. This gives you someone out of the backfield that can change the nature of how they attack teams if Allen isn't 100%. So mm. I, I really love the move. I'm just not sure you're going to get what you want if you're the Naheem Hines fantasy owner. But also, go- bear in mind, it, it obviously limits Singletree as well. I'm going to go back, just move away from uh, trades just for a mo because opening up the the surgery against Sandrini. Uh, incidentally, if, um, so sending a, a tweet in is a way I get a question into the surgery. But outside of, I mean, outside of office hours, what happens to the surgery then? Is that, a fa- is that again, a fax, a telex to you or how does that work? Yeah, it's quite a short message that's fed back to everyone, uh, mm. which we can't repeat on air. Mm. But you can you can guess what the what the words are. Yeah, I mean when the, when the surgery is closed, surgery is closed. Well, luckily, uh, Kurt Milner got in touch when the surgery was open at the NC show. Uh, just a running back question, which is why I want to go to it. He says, "I dropped Brian Robinson from my lineup after he didn't get much of the ball last week. Was it a mistake? I have Eno and Chuba Hubbard. I have CMC on a bye." He says. So, well, a few things there. Was it a mistake to to drop Brian Robinson? Depends on deeper league is presuming, hmm. uh, presuming he's in a relatively lean league. Um, no, look, the guy doesn't have the juice. You know, I mean hmm. that that's what we've seen from him in limited time so far this season. Obviously, he's coming back from a an in, a terrible situation and an injury, and we don't know how healthy he is. But they've wanted to get him in this offense. It, it, it almost feels like in the preseason they said we need to move on from Antonio Gibson, irrespective of what his performance is. So hmm. they put Robinson is as the first or second down back, goal line back, but it hasn't worked so far. We've not seen that from him. And actually Gibson's look great in relief, which yeah. gives him a bit of a headache. So no, I don't I don't think it's a problem dropping him because I'm not sure you're going to get the upside from Robinson. Mm-hmm. With the other players he's got with Eno and Tuba, Tuba mm-hmm. not 100%, obviously didn't play last week. Eno, he's there until Connor's in. You'd argue Robinson has the most security actually in his job to be still involved in the offense in three or four weeks when we might not see much of Tuba with Deontay Foreman there and with James Conner at some point, presumably coming back into that offense. Can we just be clear, uh, Guri, it's the first season you and I've worked together, even though we've known each other for for longer. Every time, as you know, we mentioned Kirk Cousins, we have to give a shout out to Mike McCartney, his uh, formidable agent. So that yeah. has already been missed uh, on the show already. And uh, mm-hmm. can we just be clear that it's Chuba Hubbard every time? <laughs> uh, and of course, the old school Carnage listeners out there, Joe Flacco. Okay, so anytime you mention any of those three, yeah, fair. Please, okay, cool. Adhere to, adhere to the NC show rules there. Um, I think Calvin Ridley to the Jags might be one of my favorite deals of recent times. I think it, it as far as the Jags are concerned, I think it's a genius move from them to, to add an undoubtedly top tier receiver. He's only out for ridiculous reasons for the whole season. And we're not going to get into that today. Everyone knows uh, my take and, and indeed, I think the NC Show Collective's take on the Deshaun misses this amount of time. Calvin misses this amount of time. Yeah, that seems, yep. that seems really logical. He's going to be back, fresh, ready to roll next season. Love ready to the Jags. Should we be looking at him in uh, a redraft league? Should we be looking at getting our hands on him in a dynasty league with a trade? Where are you on really at the Jags? 
Yeah, Dynasty is obviously not going to play this season, so it's very much a move for the future. I really like it for the Jags based on the price they're paying. You know, it's uh, you know, it's quite a convoluted trade, but let's assume at worst it's a second and a fourth, and at best it's a fifth and a fourth. I think over the next couple of years, in twenty twenty, he was one of the best receivers in the league. You know, he's an elite route runner. He has acceleration, burst after the catch. There's that's everything that you'd want on the if you put Kirk in the slot and you've got him and Zay Jones out wide. I mean, that's quite that's quite a powerful trio. Um, Engram as well in that offense. Plus, probably they draft someone. So, yeah, I really like this moving forward. It, obviously, they're backing Trevor Lawrence. Uh, mm. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot to like. It's just we're not going to see it until next year. Chase Claypool, most baffling deal of the trade deadline. Agree or disagree? Totally agree. Yeah, look, I know Ben Isaacs was really high on this, being a Bears fan, but mm-hmm. it feels like paying a second rounder to see if your quarterback is good is lunacy, you know, <laughs> considering the value of it. Mm-hmm. Claypool, they're going to have to sign him to an extension in 18 months if they mm-hmm. if they like him. You know, we've seen, again, temperament issues. He obviously had a great rookie year in terms of stat line. Uh, and, you know, Mooney's more of a number two than a number one, and Claypool has that alpha receiver type body. But I'm, I'm not... I'm not buying it. What this does do, the biggest story here is it opens up the door for um, George Pickens in Pittsburgh. Okay. uh, One more. You mentioned Hines, great in real life, terrible for fantasy. Jeff Wilson, where does he sit in that, in that dynamic? He probably gets 20, 25% of the snaps Mm. behind Mostert, but Mostert, we've seen in past seasons go down with injury. So he's a great stash Mm. for fantasy teams because if he, gets the gig, then he gets mm. most of the carries in that backfield with Edmonds going the other way. So yeah, it's a good pickup, but you don't necessarily expect him to to get the results unless Mostert's out. Okay. Uh, one other thing we wanted to talk about here with regards to the trade deadline was with players not dealt. So we've already talked about Acres and awkward conversations that are going to be had uh, with, uh, I'm sure, with McVeigh and co with, with him. But hey, it will be forgiven if he starts to roll again. But there were others that we were surprised weren't dealt. Um, Brandon Cooks, Everyone thought, given number of teams desperate for receiver, it seems strange that, that Cooks wasn't dealt. Jerry Judy, as we said earlier on in the show, a lot of buzz about him. I remember going into the London game. It was around that time, I think, that the uh, Jets are being called on on Judy going. I think Shefty might have said, oh, actually, you know, that they're, they're not looking to deal him anymore. But I reckon a lot of that was down to the Broncos winning. I think if the Broncos had left London with a loss, I reckon they might well have dealt him. Kareem Hunt, again, we mentioned him, didn't we? It's strange that the the tag team there, he is definitely the junior partner in that backfield and frustrated by it. And Browns could have probably picked up quite a decent swag for, for Hunt. So, yeah, how surprised are you? And what the implications there, Guru, with where they're staying and they're all of those players, let's go through all of them very quickly, what that means to them in fantasy terms. It's all about price. You know, I think that these players would have come up in trade talks, but they couldn't work out a deal. How Brandon yeah. Cooks is not a packer, nobody yeah. knows. Yeah. Um, Cooks, by all accounts, isn't going to play this week. A combination of injury and personal reasons, and those personal reasons presumably relate to him not being traded. Why didn't you um, deal me? Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm reading between the lines. Obviously, Houston aren't going to be competitive for a while, so t- Cooks at 29. Uh, it seems like an obvious trade candidate. However... You know, this this becomes as the season goes along. This becomes more of Nico Collins's team from a receiver perspective. It's just that the volume isn't there with Davis Mills to make that too important, mm. as we saw last night. Cam Akers will get integrated into his backfield bowl accounts, but again, it's a huge committee and it, hugely volatile in terms of who's going to start every week. Really, one to avoid. It feels like at least for this season. Also, are you on the again, committee, by the way? Just are you getting a few? I'm at, yeah, RB six, I think, on the depth chart now. RB six. Okay. Uh, yeah, worth keeping an eye on. I think yeah. um, Kareem Hunt. Still valuable, 
in Cleveland. You know, that offense is built to run. They have one of the best O-lines in the league. If Chubb goes down, Hunt steps in straight away. We've seen that in the past. So he still has value and flex value week to week, even if Chubb plays. Judy... The assumption going into the season was that Sutton was going to be the Metcalf and Judy was going to be the Locket, if we think about Wilson's mm. past. So everyone was kind of in on Sutton, whereas actually the chemistry in the last couple of weeks seems to be more around Judy. So it could be that he really takes off, but you know we're not expecting fireworks from this offense. A couple of others, Elijah Moore, Mm-hmm. didn't get traded and there was a bit of word about him obviously he had one of the great presses of all time saying how do you fit into this offense what's your chemistry like with Zach Wilson I don't know I don't get the ball incredible um, so I can't imagine we're going to see that I didn't see that what did he say? I didn't miss that what did he say they asked him what's your chemistry like with Zach Wilson he said mm-hmm. I don't know I don't get the ball oh, amazing that's great. the kind of churlish petulant reply I'd expect from Propo quite frankly yeah, like you didn't sit next to me in biology, so we're no longer friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Elijah Moore, you are shooting up my power rankings and favorite players. Love that. Uh, Okie doke. So looking ahead um, to our week nine teams, and I'm going to, you're going to give us a show team, of course, with the shots bump, and you've got a theme again. Um, I'm going to roll out a few as well for my my team just to get your, maybe you can grade my picks. Um well, you don't have to give them literally a grade, <laughs> but you can let me know if I'm on the right track, Guru, because we want to raise as much dollar as we can for for charity come the end of the season. Incidentally, on that, uh, shout out uh, to one of our listeners, Will, who started a, a side uh, a side pot with mentions of any mention of certain words on the show that I drop. I have to put money into into the pot as well, right? So simpatico was there. there we go. There's five more. There's, five there's, more. there's five. Yeah, uh, that was the start of it, and quite a few which I went into on Edge Rush with Propos. So you can go listen to that on the Edge Rush show. A lot of my my favorite catchphrases: "Say goodnight, Gracie." Of course, I say that often to Iron Mike and those kind of things. So we're building up a charity pot there as well. So we should have a good chunk of money. But we'll probably do better on that, frankly, than we are with our with our daily fantasy drafts <laughs> winnings. But the idea is, of course, to get as many uh, as many as much money as we can all season long. And anything that I make, you make. A propo makes that's all going to go in the charity pot out there. If you are interested in playing daily fantasy in our listener league, well. There's always going to be a free to enter contest in our league every week, right? So you don't have to commit any money, spend any money, just have fun with that. And you can win cash prizes, as we've talked about on the show. We're going to pepper in other fun things, shirts, jerseys, tickets. We gave away tickets to the Broncos game, for example, Jags game a few weeks back. So lots of good stuff rolling. And outside of our listener league, there are other contests you can get involved in as well. So every week with Daily Fantasy, just enter a new team. That's the basic idea. Bearing that in mind, then, let's take a look at who rolled in our league last week. So we had two contests in our listener league last week, Guru. The free-to-play special, as I say, the free-to-enter. Uh, and then the $5 special, where you put $5 in and uh, there are prizes for both, right? So in the free-to-play special, shout out to Rams Fan UK, who came top 23798. That's a big score. Yeah, great team. Tour and Tyreek was a mm-hmm. great stack. Kamara, Foreman, Hopkins, mm-hmm. DJ Moore, the beloved DJ Moore. Yeah, I mean, he smashed it. Ever since I backed DJ Moore for fantasy goodness, he's been rolling. Uh, Dom Klee, second, <laughs> I said that Klee, I went, I'm Ron Burgundy uh, because I was thinking of uh, 
Where is it? Clay is the artist, but it's Guy. We'll go Clee. We'll go Clee. Uh, Rory is third. Bullet Odd Squad. He recommend him. Don't trust Rogers. My favorite handle uh, so far. Came in fifth. I love Trifle in the mix. And Trifle's back as well. You can see a lot of the regulars uh, getting in the mix there. Is that so, how much money goes in the pot for I love Trifle? I love Trifle. What? Oh, I see. If I whenever we say I love Trifle, hey, come on, I'm going to be bankrupt by the end of this. Um, it's got to be a yeah, a regular thing I say. And I think I drop I love Trifle too often. Over in the five dollar game, hundred dollars was the first prize in this one. Giants fan seven landed the hundred bucks swag. The London Bulldogs. Shout out to you, Bulldogs. That's always got to be on the shortlist. As and when we get a London team, along with London cabbies, as my personal favourite, just a just a black cab with sharp, just with sharp teeth. Uh, cartoon-like is what I like to see. Or London Calling is the best one. Ipidon. Uh, uh, Sevilla, 46, another winner. So a lot of you, uh, a lot of new faces in there and then a lot of uh, regulars too getting amongst the prizes. So get involved with that. What were your main takeaways other than bad luck and uh, the Raiders flu from, from last week? I kind of took a, a broader look. We're about halfway through the season and I was just taking a look at the ranks and seeing who's performed and underperformed. And I thought that was quite interesting because I think what, what you're trying to do in preseason is not necessarily pick players, but work through tiers. Mm. So you might have a quarterback tier, for example, that has Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, you know, players of that ilk. And you you just take the player that's available to you in whatever draft you have. And that most of those tiers have held up in, in quarterback, for example. But then we've also seen, so if I run through the, the top five quarterbacks, you know, we'll see Allen, Hurts, Mahomes, Burrow, Lamar. Probably in range of what people most expected. Obviously, Hertz is, is overproduced. But then if you go down seventh tour, this is points per game. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's this is an important way to look at the metrics. Don't look at the number of points that players have got in total, because if players miss games, obviously it dilutes it. Just think about if you if that player is available to you, what are you getting? Mm-hmm. Tua seventh, Geno Smith, ninth. Mm. Incredible. Mariota 14th, Dalton 15th. This area where you might be thinking, well, I'm going to take an Aaron Rodgers or a Matt Stafford to be my reliable QB2. Mm-hmm. That hasn't been the case. You know, Russ Wilson's 23rd, Brady's 22nd, Aaron Rodgers 28th, Matt Stafford 30th amongst mm-hmm. QBs in terms of points per game. So we've seen this drop off of established QB superstars, you know, your Brady, Wilson, Rodgers, Stafford. Mm-hmm. But QB has been relatively consistent. Running back, Eckler, CMC, Henry, Chubb, Josh Jacobs, number five. Mm-hmm. At the other end, we spoke about Jonathan Taylor earlier. He's 26th. Zeke Elliott, 28th. Najee, 30th. We faded him before the season. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's really interesting to break this down. And actually, probably the position that's most interesting to me is, is wide receiver, mm-hmm. where this is just points per game. DeAndre Hopkins is number one, two games, you know, blowing everyone out of the water. 7,000 points. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Pick him every week. Yeah. Diggs, Cup, Tyreek, Justin Jefferson, and Jamal yeah. Chase is sixth, and AJ Brown is seventh. So all the players you would have assumed... But it's that next tier where pe- people often pay up for someone who they think is almost in that tier when you could be getting a Jacoby Myers, who's 13th, a Chris Alave, who's 18th, Tyler Lockett, we spoke about on the show Jacoby before. Jacoby Myers, yeah. 22nd. Yeah, I mean, like, the, and, and this is where you get real value, right? Yeah. Is There are these elite tier of superstars in every position that is worth paying up for. But don't confuse someone who's a fake alpha, to use mm-hmm. uh, someone else's terminology there, that, that, that almost looks like they could be that, just look for the value of these unheralded players that you can get. Either they're a rookie, like Alave. Myers is just not loved because he hasn't had the, the touchdowns and, and that team has, it's, Pats aren't a sexy offense, mm. right? But you can find this value versus some of the players you really struggle this season, right? 
Alan Robinson, yeah. 65th. Yeah. Darnell Mooney, 71st. You know, Bateman's out for the rest of the year. He's 59th. He was a big pickup. Keenan Allen, 82nd. So mm. it's th- this is where all the value is, trying to find those players that are unheralded, not sexy, all rookies, are, so therefore no one knows them as your wide receiver two, wide receiver three, mm-hmm. but still go get your guy to be your wide receiver one, your RB1, your QB1. This is why... Ladies and gents, he is the guru. Brilliant stuff. Love that. Love that deep dive. Right. What's the theme for this week's show team? The theme is um, last week was bad. So how can I have a good team? Uh, you know, like I've basically gone back. It's quite my, catchy, by the way. Yeah, I, I like to put it on a t-shirt. Um, I've gone back to my preseason ranks, my preseason faves, and I've just put them in, in the hope that nice. they give me that warm, snuggly feeling of nice. uh, recovery. All right, let's talk through then and uh, see if we can recall you from uh, our chat earlier in the season. So you've got, oh, blimey, interesting. This is an interesting team looking at it. I like some of it. I'm maybe convincing on other parts of it. Interesting opening gambit. Your quarterback, you've gone for Justin Fields. Yeah, and no stack this week. So this is a different approach. What is the, just on that, why, what is the stack versus not stack? It's, typically recommended most of the time or, or not? Am I misreading that? Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, 100%. So if you see a quarterback and you think that they have a, they're going to have a big week, then mm. you match them up with a receiver on the basis that they're likely to, uh, you know, there's a corollary, correlation between yeah. good QB and good wide receiver weeks. The difference is if you've got a running quarterback, so a Fields, yeah. a Lamar, mm-hmm. that, that doesn't necessarily relate. Uh, look, right. I mean, if, if Fields has a big week, it might be that Daniel Mooney has a big week too, but... Mm-hmm. I'm not banking on it. I think the, the difference for Fields is he's got 277 rushing yards over his last four games. Their defense just got way worse over the last two weeks with, by trading uh, their best, well, you know, let's say their, their best rusher, uh, edge rusher and their best linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going up against a Dolphins team that are 26th against QB. So uh, this is banking on Justin Fields having turned the corner and being this Justin Fields for the rest of the season, who's someone yeah. who they open up the uh, playbook to in the, in the run game. I, it's interesting that the whole 26 on QBs, cause I wrote about the deadline this week and was looking at the, obviously the Chubb deal and looking at the numbers for that Dolphins D in, in a bit more detail. And that surprised me actually, but then I guess you've got to temper that a little bit with the period where Skylar Thompson and, and obviously Teddy were, were depping offensively and, and the impact that had, collectively on on the team uh but no doubt Chubb is gonna improve because they're in the bottom third maybe bottom quarter for for sacks as well so yeah got it okay like that love Travis Etienne and AJ Dillon is a running back tag team particularly the value there as well right Etienne I guess he's he's shooting up compared to where he was at the start of the season 6,300 he costs you now and Dillon at 5,700 Green Bay at Detroit uh, I think it's fill the boot spot for for Green Bay. I think they uh, they get right this week, um, and then Jacksonville hosting the Raiders. Oh boy, the Raiders in all kinds of mess. Yeah, so talk us through why you've gone there as opposed to elsewhere. Both cheap, Etienne six thousand three hundred. Let's assume that that increases during the course of the season. He's in RB one for the rest of the way. Obviously, without James Robinson in that backfield, two hundred and sixty yards, eight targets, and two touchdowns in his last two games. Those are you know significant numbers um he's also second in rushing yards over expected so uh, an advanced metric that's worth keeping an eye on basically just shows the efficiency he's got real bursts you know he's an incredible player to watch with the acceleration coming out of the backfield and this jags line is really good 
I think this is an, a story we're not talking about enough. They've really done a great job of protecting Lawrence. I think he has the least sacks in the league, or they've allowed the least sacks in the league, that, that O-line so far. And the Raiders are 27th against running backs, so it's a smash spot for Etienne. Um, Dylan, basically, if not now, never. Uh, if we don't see it from him this week, we're not going to see it during the rest of the season. The Pack are missing Lazard and Christian Watson on the outside. We know that the Lions are awful defensively, particularly against the run. Uh, they're allowing 5.1 yards per carry, 13 touchdowns on the season. So I, I just, I'm I'm just optimistic uh, naively about Dylan Steele. And, and if he doesn't mm. make it out of this week with some points, then we're not going to see it. Okie dokie. Three receivers. Four if you count your flex. So you've gone uh, St. Brown in the, in the Packers Detroit game. Keenan Allen, who you mentioned earlier on, has been under, no, he's out. No, so uh, change the team. Oh, um, uh, you've changed the team. I look at an old team. Oh, yeah. Okay, hang on. Hang on. Look at this guru trying to catch me out. So uh, you changed your team since he sent it to me. We can cut this bit, right? <laughs> no, no, no. We're, de- we're definitely keeping this in. This is definitely staying. I, like- I, uh, I sent you an updated team. Where did you send me an updated team? On, on oh. WhatsApp? Yeah, go to... Oh, you faxed it to me, didn't you? I faxed it, yeah. <laughs> go to the FFS group. Well, it's just I have to trawl through loads of aggressive messages from Propo to get to it. Okay, here we go, Sandrini. Ah, okie dokie. Okay, so you've tweaked it a little bit. You've, ke- you've kept... We had Scary Terry in as your flex originally, but he's in there now. You've got gone Chris Godwin in... Well, we talked about how much we like the Bucks there, so you don't need to vindicate that. Uh, and you kept uh, Amorosa Brown as well in Green Bay, the truck, because we think that's going to be, well, points galore, I guess. So not a radical change. And then you've gone Gerald Everett as your tight end uh, against Atlanta. Ramondre Stevenson, everybody's in love with Ramondre. That's why you keep trying to steal him from me in our dynasty league. And then again, they've gone back to the Bucks, closing down the Rams. I love that. And 3K, you can get the Bucks. So those are really, really sound picks. Anything you want to say about any of those? A few things. I mean, Amon Ra this week in particular, no Hawkinson, Swift not 100%. We've heard that from the coaching staff. He had 10 targets last week. He obviously was fantastic early in the season. So expecting him to come back into play. Uh, Godwin has all of the volume. Brady only has three touchdowns thrown in his last 185 attempts. Like Mm. he's throwing the ball at meteoric rate and not scoring. And you just have to feel that's going to change. He'll get a bit of Jalen Ramsey this week, Godwin, but that'll be more on Evans. Terry McLaurin, uh, you know, we love Heineke, right, on the, on this show. He's playing hero ball. Uh, let's assume in the Cousins Bowl that there's some points in that game, so they're going to need to go to Scary Terry. Vikings mm-hmm. struggle against receivers. Gerald Everett, it, this is a, a must-pick spot for me. So uh, he's going up against a defense who are one of the worst Atlanta against uh, tight ends, also just really struggling on the back end in general. No Allen, potentially this week again. No Mike Williams. Palmer hasn't been 100%. So we just love this against the Falcons. Ramondre, he's the RB3 over the past three weeks. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick against rookie QBs, we know is phenomenal. So, you know, good luck, Ellinger. Let's assume that they put that away with Ramondre on the ground. He's the RB1 in offense now. And the Bucks. Yeah, look, you know, as we said, right, the Rams were shut out in the second half last week, third time mm. of the season that's happened. They can't run the the Rams and that's the Bucks' greatest weakness, it seems, this season. So they can't take advantage of that. And the Bucks' greatest strength is their ability to rush the passer and the Rams can't pass block. So, look, you know, McVay's an incredible coach. It could be that he figures out a way to get them through this game, but I'd put some uh, decent money that the Bucks shut them down. All right, love that. That is our show team. 
we're going to put that into our listener leagues and out to the the ether as well. And we're going to push out on our social channels just to recap too. So we're doing that with all of our teams. So mine, which I'm about to tell you, Ben Isaacs, well, that dropped yesterday over on social, so at the NC show. I think mine's going to go out today, Friday. Uh, propose as well. So we're going to fire all our teams out so you can catch them there on social as well or just run through that again uh, if uh, if you want. I've gone. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I just rattle through and see. I've got Stevenson in mind, so I'm glad you do as well. I've gone for Naeem Hines. Hey, I'm a sucker for the for the first game bounce for Naeem Hines. Uh, I've gone for a, an interesting stack because I really think that this is a get-right game for the Packers and in particular for Aaron Rodgers. So I've gone, controversially, for Rodgers and Dobbs as my stack. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's uh, that, look, that could work. It could work. Um, and it could also end in some uh, some some. I'm, I'm, going, sex, right? I'm going. I'm going mm. big. And and speaking of which, because I picked up uh, Dobbs for five three, it means I could splash the cash on Jefferson. So I've gone kind of quite boom or bust because I've got Rondale Moore and Kyle Pitts. I've got Scary Terry as well. So actually, I've got a couple that yeah. you've picked, which I'm happy about. And then, as I often do at this stage, uh, ran out of money when I got to defense. I should have maybe f- saved myself a couple of hundred. And got the bucks. I don't believe because I picked up the Falcons for two eight and like for two hundred more dollars, I could have gone. I could have gone bucks. The Falcons against the Chargers. Oh, I might get. I might get something out of that. What do you think? Crazy stat on J Jeff. Just what before we get to that, mm. hasn't scored a touchdown since week one. Wow. Uh, you know he's had the volume. He's still getting points, but he's. I think at some point that's going to turn, and this might be the week where it happens. I really like McLaurin. In, yeah. in this spot yeah. Um, with Heineke. You know, those two obviously have a great connection. Heineke plays the D-gaff hero ball as well as anybody in the league. Like he thinks he's got the Brett Favre arm um, and it's wonderful to watch because he doesn't. <laughs> so yeah, I think McLaurin will get will get spots in this game, yeah. Love that. All right. So it's a kind of B minus I think you're giving my team, right? Well, you've been on a roll. So let's, uh, let's mm. give you the B plus, right? Ah, oh, thank you, Guru. So not only are you a... Unclear if you're a qualified medical medical practitioner, but you've got the uh, the surgery rolling. You're a guru, and West now, West Las Vegas, remember West, West Las, Las Vegas, the University of West Las Vegas. Yeah, a fine institution in this as well. Uh, I will take it from you. Look after yourself. Real politic with a K NFL is how you follow the guru on uh, Twitter. We're going to put that in the show notes and indeed links to how you get involved in our listener league over on DraftKings. Go and get stuck in with that. Have a bit of fun with it. See if you can take us down, most importantly of all. That's it. Yeah, that's the job for everyone to do is listen to the show. Come be us. It's all about, don't worry take about our money. cash or take prizes. Money. Just, just yet, yeah, <laughs> not hard, quite <laughs> frankly. Edge Rush in the vault. Iron Mike and Mondays in the vault. Propo and Ben in the trade deadlines in the vault. Uh, Iron Mike back on Monday. Let me see who we've got next week's show. While, while we're here, obviously... Uh, the guru is going to be back with, oh, J-Bell in the house next week. Ah, looking forward to catching up with J-Bell. Uh, we'll have Edge Rush as well as FFS. So four more pods coming your way next week. If you haven't already, uh, haven't had time to do it, can't be bothered to do it, haven't had the inclination. If you've got, how long do you think it takes to leave a, a review on, on say, Apple Podcasts, Guru? a very short period of time mm. and it's not really about the time spent as much as the reward you know the emotional mm. connection that that creates to me is is worth the time irrespective of how long it takes 
I'd like to see some FFS, some guru love on, <laughs> careful how I phrase this, on on our pod channel. So whether it's, well, Apple, of course, you can leave reviews. You can give us a star rating on Spotify, CastBox, a bit of both. So shout out uh, to all of you, wherever you're listening to us, wherever you're listening to us in the world as well. It's funny, I was looking at our country breakdowns and there are, I think, about 190 different countries where people listen to us from, which is incredible. I thought you were just going to say the remarkable thing is 190 countries. And I was like, yeah, this is yeah, who yeah, knew, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, Liechtenstein, shout out to our Liechtenstein <laughs> crew. I want to know if you are listening to us from Liechtenstein, because the download suggests you are, let us know. And hit us up. I want to hear from you. And if you have uh, a minute or two, we leave a review because it really helps us spread the word of the show. We're growing and growing and growing. And we love that. Uh, it helps our sponsors, keeps them happy. And most importantly of all, you can fan the guru's ego, 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 which is a useful thing. <laughs> the gurus have egos. Like that's you on point. True. You got it. That's true. That's the, that was your dissertation at the <laughs> West Vegas University. Uh, right. Let's get out of Dodge. Uh, guru, look after yourself. Good luck on Sunday. And uh, we'll see you next week. Let's get out of Dodge. That's a fiver. Ah, damn it. Good to see you. (laughs) See you, mate. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.